Oh, it's just lovely to think that John Ayers comes here under the pretense of being a guest host and sticks his big nose right where it doesn't belong. And that's in a match. Ayers, and this is what the future holds for me, pal. Remember what I said. Life after football is not pro wrestling for you. And Lex Luger, the world knows it. You're watching this show. The whole world's watching it. And let me tell you, Lex Luger, for all your awesome physical credentials, the bottom line is, pal, I'm the world's heavyweight wrestling champion. And all that football notoriety means nothing. You've got to walk that aisle, and you've got to beat <laughs> the very best. So you and John Ayers, talk it over. Make your plans. Hug Jim Crockett around the neck. But the bottom line is, to be the man, Lex Luger, <laughs> you got to beat the man, and I'm the man. Hello and welcome once again to another episode of Bagaramari. Bagaramari. Wrestling review the show where we crack open some lovely cans. And chat about wrestling of yesteryear, one pay per view at a time. As always, my name is Graham and I am joined by Dave. Okay. I had a mouthful of beer. Hello. And lover boy, Dermot Coughlin. Lover boy. Okay. Thanks. Hell yeah. yeah. So this time around, we are back at the NWA, but not the NWA as we previously no. knew it, as Jim Crockett has sold to Ted Turner. So now the company is known. Ted Turner changed the name, obviously, from Jim Crockett Promotions because there's no Crockett's involved anymore to WCW World Championship Wrestling, which is the promotion that most wrestling fans know. Although when I say no Crockett's are involved, one of the brothers, Jackie Crockett, stayed on with the camera crew until literally the demise of WCW no in way. 2001. Yeah. So that's a fairly long is tenure. This, is, so NWA, are, they're actually rest, they're still wrestling under the NWA brand here. Uh, like NWA is the kind of governing body, let's say. Okay. And As pro wrestling was still real. No, yeah, and I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, it was the kind um, of... The, yeah. So this is owned by, by Ted, Turner. Ted Turner, but... Crockett is still the head of the NWA at the time. No. No? No. I don't know who the head of the NWA was, but Crockett, they were on the verge of bankruptcy, hence that's why they, yeah, they, sold, they sold, basically. Okay. I said Jackie stayed on. Jim and David, who are the other two Crockett brothers, they had a few, they had an office role for a short while, but as part of that, they had to have a no-compete clause. So when the no-compete clause was up, Jim tried to set up an internet promotion, but... Internet, How long was the no-compete clause? No, in 1994. Oh, wow. When, like, seven people had the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it, talk about being ahead of your time. Yeah, Will so you? that failed miserably, yeah. and then he left the wrestling business. I know it's technically NWA, but this is the first true WCW pay-per-view. Mm. You can tell the difference instantly with oh, the really money, can. like, the production is a yeah. lot better than it's the previous. Still not, it's yeah. still not sweating that Ted Torn billionaire Ted money, No, but, but it's, it's still improved. It's improved yeah. a lot. It's WCW Starcade 88 True Grit. Luger, 
trying to convince the world you are. Get in that ring, pal. And if you don't like what I've got to say, shut me up. That's all you got to do, Big Lex. And Bam Bigelow, you and Sir Oliver Humperdinck are in for the biggest surprise of your life because I am going to take you to the limit. You should have made it a point to get both of them, Daddy. Don't just get one. Don't take one limb. Don't take one heart. Don't take one ear. And don't take one eye. If Sting has to carry me on his back down that aisle, If you're wondering why we did the t- 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 it's because they put an extra T at the end of grit for whatever no, reason. It didn't make any sense. Anyway, December 26th, St. Stephen's Day, or Boxing Day if you're not in Ireland. You're a brew. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, 1988 in the Norfolk Scope, Norfolk, Virginia, with an attendance of 10,000. This is something I felt was just unnecessary. We're introduced by Tony Schiavone and Magnum TA. Yeah. They're not the commentators. They're the hosts of the show. And then they put us over to Jim Ross and Bob Coddle whatever about Tony Schiavone not being necessary Magnum TA is totally necessary because you get to see his moustache on his hair oh good Christ <laughs> his so hair's ridiculous that's number one on the mull account <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so as I said commentators Jim Ross and Bob Coddle and the very first match is for the NWA United States Tag Team title it is the mm-hmm. champions the Fantastics against members of the Varsity Club Kevin Sullivan and the newly turned heel Dr. Death Steve Williams a little bit of background on the whole tag team division in general so we know Blanchard and Anderson jump shipped the WF yeah. they were the world tag team champs but they did business and they cleanly dropped the belts to the Midnight Express who were the US champs so when the Midnight Express won the world titles they vacated the US titles and then there was a tournament held which was won by the Fantastics who beat Ron Simmons and Eddie Gilbert in the final which was a cracker of a match it's our Clash of the Champions 3 and I'd recommend watching it and what's the subtitle of Clash of the Champions 3 Graham? no you're thinking of Clash of the, Clash of the Champions 3 is Fall Brawl oh, okay. Clash of the Champions 4 is Seasons Beatings <laughs> Seasons Beatings I just wanted to hear Seasons Beatings again it's, it's, a, good, it's a good subtitle yeah, so that's how they came about of getting the belts. Dr. Death just randomly turned heel yeah. and joined the Varsity Club. And that's well, kind of it. It's uh, the communication skills that were learnt in Singapore, you know, helped them turn heel. Yeah, what the fuck is yeah. that about? Kevin Sullivan is the least Singapore. From Singapore, he's just not from yeah. Singapore. <laughs> no, but he spent some time there and learnt communication skills. Okay. Yes. That's what, yeah. Yeah. Don't know what that means, okay. but they just kept saying it. So anyway, Fantastics versus the Varsity Club. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a match. Varsity Club come out to music that sounds a lot like Looney Tunes. It does. It's like... <laughs> Actually, now that we're talking about entrances, do you know yeah. it's like a kind of creative decision they took with how they... Um, with how the wrestlers made their entrances and how it was like kind of 
broadcasted on TV or at least on who the recording. Who did didn't get like... Well, 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 yeah, well, there are obviously some instances yeah. of people not getting the screen time to actually show their entrance, but it felt that the music kind of played in to nearly the start of the match. The match is like... Well, that's because a lot of it is overdubbed because no, I know. they don't have the rights to the music. I know, I know. I understand oh, but even then, that means the yeah, music I, is I still, still playing. Think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting kind of yeah. creative decision, like, you know. A couple of things I have on this is Dr. Death no-sells loads mm-hmm. of stuff. I know he's meant to be a tough motherfucker. He is a beast. There's actually, this is something we've brought up before, uh, Kevin Sullivan and Bobby Fulton exchange eye pokes and yeah. neither of them sell. <laughs> There's a point where one pokes one in the eye and he literally pokes them back and the two of them just yeah. don't do anything. This is another show of no-selling. It kind of, like, it makes me feel bad for JR because he's doing such a good job of, like, putting this over as a realistic competition, realistic sport, and, like, it really feels real, and then you see them doing things like that, and you're like, no, it just looks stupid. Like, Dr. Death was no-selling a lot, but he came across as an absolute beast in this match. Like, his gorilla presses got, like, serious height on them. Jesus, yeah. I also really liked the spot where... Bobby Fulton went to monkey flip him and he couldn't. Yeah, so that was great. Uh, Tommy Rogers had to run in and they had to do a double monkey flip yeah, the only way yeah. to get him over. It just it made Dr. Death seem like a fucking animal. Yeah. Overall, it was like it was a decent match. It was an interesting was contrast grand. of styles. Yeah. Very, the ending, I didn't really understand what had happened the first time around when the pin, and it was when they showed the replay, I kind of got what they were trying to do, but yeah. I'm not sure just the execution, if it worked properly or not. I was unsure if it was meant to be Dr. Death being smart and reversing the move yeah. or whether Bobby Fulton hit the move too close to the ropes and just knocked himself, knocked himself onto the rope. Yeah. yeah, it was... What happened basically was Bobby Fulton went for a Luthez press and Dr. Death dropped down and basically hot shot at him, throw forced on the ropes and yeah. got the pin. It was good, but I thought it took a while to get to the heat period, if you know what I mean. Like, there was a lot of back and forth before the heels cut them off. Yeah. The hot tag was was a good yeah, hot tag. Like, the crowd, the crowd popped for it and I popped for it. Yeah, it wasn't amazing. It was it was, it was fine. Grand. The crowd were into it. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good crowd. The show. Anyway, I, I think yeah. I think that ha- I I'm one a person who I'll still appreciate a good match, but I think a middle of the road match can be heightened by a good crowd. Yeah, definitely. You, you know that way. If you're watching a match and it's, and grand, it's grand, but yeah. if a crowd are going fucking bananas for it, you kind of go. Actually, this is, you think it's a bit better than it actually is. Yeah, I think the commentary and the crowd being hot helps this show in general but yeah, I, this match I, I think that's a kind of sentiment that I feel throughout the entire show to be honest yeah. um, a lot of middle of the road matches and but Hype the crowd kind of really yeah, got me yeah, into yeah. it like you know and the commentary can as I well, just say a little thing They a couple of times they point to Jason Hervey at ringside who yeah. is he's uh, from the TV show The Wonder Years but he's not the star of The Wonder Years that's Fred Savage it's like Jason Hervey and I just felt it was like a poor man's Wrestlemania yeah another way they always get like tons of celebs in and oh, they got yeah. this lad who was like I'm trying to liken him to a TV show today it would be like let's say Game of Thrones and they got like the lad who played Patrick Payne as opposed <laughs> as opposed to you know like Jon Snow yeah yeah, they, yeah like yeah. you know it's still a character who's there a lot but it's not who yeah, everyone wants to see like, yeah. it is interesting that like Jason Hervey isn't he the guy who went on to become Eric Bischoff's business partner like and did he yeah and I know Eric Bischoff isn't involved in WCW at this stage but like they're wow. involved in like production was, and TV shows I did not stuff. know that oh, wow. that's Just pretty cool yeah random there there you go now so yeah I think we were all agreed it was a gra- like middle of the road match mm-hmm. but yeah. nothing too spectacular so the finish comes the ref is trying to separate Rogers and Sullivan who are brawling and get them out of the ring because they're not the legal men meanwhile Fulton goes for that Luthez 
press but Williams reverses it into a hot shot and then pins Fulton to win the US belts at 15 minutes and 50 seconds I think a few minutes could have been shaved off that time yeah probably you know couple of notes on this. this is the last one we'll see the Fantastics but it's not the last time we'll see Tommy Rogers can any of you guess where we'll see Tommy Rogers next ECW November to remember 97 wow <laughs> that's <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> not my first guess no, no definitely probably not. no our second guess even no. before we move on to the next match I would be, I believe there would be two particular haircuts in this match one for each team yeah well yeah. Kevin Sullivan has an outrageous yeah. oh, it's, it's one of the mullet. finer haircuts you're going to see yeah. really. and then um, Bo- uh, Bobby Fulton as well yeah. has a big wild blonde mullet so that brings a, a, the count to three True. Ding, ding, so ding. far so up next Shivani and Magnum give us a kind of rundown of the upcoming card a job that I find Jim Ross and Bob Coddle could have done <laughs> yeah yeah. Would, would you be in agreement with that oh like they were probably just trying to find something for Magnum to do after his accident. They were, like, they were, they were, of course. But like, I don't know. It's still they could have had him as a backstage interviewer, but they didn't need to cut. Yeah. To Shivani and Magnum all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know that sort. Of, I don't know. I just thought it was a bit weird. Up next, it is the original Midnight Express, <laughs> ravishing Randy Rose and lover boy Dennis Condry against the Midnight Express, beautiful Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan Lane. Can I just say the fucking cheek of Randy Rose using the term ravishing? <laughs> when you compare him to Rick Rude, who was genuinely ravishing, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, like he's well, an Adonis, like, uh, he's a Greek god, and then you go to Randy Rose, who looks like a bag of fucking spuds. To be fair, you've got someone who's ravishing, someone who's sweet, and someone who's beautiful, and they're all fairly pudgy. No, sweet is Stan Lane, and he is ripped. Okay, okay, you're yeah. talking about Lover Boy, oh, yeah. your, your name equivalent. Oh, cheers. You have the same initials. That's where I got the nickname <laughs> from. <laughs> <laughs> So background to this one is basically Randy Rose and Dennis Condry were the original yeah, the Midnight original. Express under Jim Cornette's tutelage but then you know whatever happened happened. Firstly face Jim Cornette. Yeah. yeah what do you make yeah. of that? The Weird. crowd fucking love him. Yeah, yeah, they love him. Yeah. Like, like in theory it doesn't sound like it'll work but it really does. And he kept like he kept they had like even Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane had to like keep him out of the ring because yeah. he just kept wanting to fight Polly dangerously yeah and I think the, the fact that Polly is such a weasley heel kind of helps Jim and Cornette be geez, a really good face his fucking outfit uh, is something Paul else is actually speaking of, speaking of which there's another mullet oh, oh yes mullet so let's uh, well let's just count them now we've got Bobby Eaton's mm-hmm. we've got Randy Rose who's the mustachio oh, one yeah. Yeah, well, that's and so Polly so that's another three to, to make it six I'm gonna make an early and bold prediction that yeah. we could have some contenders for our Hall of Fame or end of year awards for the mold of the year here oh in the in the in original this, Midnight Express or like Paul E between or, Paul E and the mustachioed one Jesus those are some serious mullets Jimmy Hart yeah. could have some serious yeah. contenders for those of you year. who don't know how he's wrestling Paul e Dangerously is Paul Heyman oh, basically yeah, yeah. but w- with an outrageous mullet I have here in my notes like in previous episodes we've kind of given Bobby Eaton grief for not being his namesake of beautiful Bobby but like the lad with the moustache looks like one of the Chucker Brothers and the other lad looks like he's not really welcome at Family Guy and you see it, like, even in the ring comparison between Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan like, they, they look yeah. like fucking wrestlers oh they do, do they, you know? the other lads look like they're just carny folk. yeah exactly they, Randy Rose actually looks like the carny character from The Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> he really does, he does do, like, they, do they not both have mullets now to be fair are they Stan Lane yeah, go I'd on. I'd say yeah, that's more yeah. of this match. That's, make, it, make it seven for the show. Seven, go on, yeah. go on. 
I like the way both teams came out to the same music because they're yeah. both the Midnight Express. Yeah. It was a nice touch. That was cool. Uh, and yeah, like we said, Cornette plays a surprisingly good face. What I like about being face is like, he still uses heel tactics. He's still cracking the lads over the backs with, yeah, the, with tennis it's racket. Consistent. But the crowd, the crowd, the crowd love it. And they go absolutely <laughs> mental. And his Brilliant. trousers... His oh, trousers stop. are I think they say it a few times They're like It's like Christmas wrapping paper <laughs> uh, It is It's outrageous Speaking of things The commentators say In this match yeah. JR's line Where he says This is like smoking a cigarette In a munitions, in a munitions dump yeah. You just know something bad Can happen at any moment <laughs> What What a line <laughs> I just That's I, We should have a new category In yeah. the end of year awards The best quote line. Yeah, 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 yeah Line of the year Just for yeah. that Even though I don't like the look of the original Midnight Express I thought this match was pretty good fun I really enjoyed it yeah. there was just back and forth absolute mayhem and the crowd were going crazy anytime one of the, the heels went out and Jim Cornette chased them with the racket yeah, yeah. and there was a good uh, like a mega shine by the faces before the cut oh my they were going for, for fucking yeah. god and knows the how long the crowd loved it yeah, yeah. yeah. Polly's tactic of like ringing the bell to pretend the match is over just gets serious heat I actually got pissed off at one point because I thought the match was over I was like you can't finish that match this way yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like oh no wait I just got worked <laughs> <laughs> 28 years later god damn it it was good yeah and the hot tag I thought I thought oh, Stan they, Lane's they, hot tag yeah when they cut off when they cut off Bobby Eaton they took their time to just beat the shit yeah. out of him before when the when the everything was flying left right and centre when the faces were doing it hip tosses and karate kicks and all sorts but then when they were beating the shit out of Eaton they literally just just kicked the bollocks out of him and when he got that tag to Lane and Lane like came in and started doing the spin kicks and yeah. the fucking clothes the educated lines. feet and yeah. he does a lovely insiguri as well he does like uh, a, like a bad news brown type yeah, jumping ghetto blaster, yeah, yeah yeah it's he oh that hot tag was a hot one yeah. you know the way you get you know the way you get some that are lukewarm that was a solid hot tag yeah, yeah I, I just want to say like, yeah, yeah. Teddy Long runs a really tight ship in this he match really he really does. does like it's, it's like he doesn't know it's a work he, he never lets the heels get an advantage he's straight over on them no you can't do that yeah I like he he sees everything. Okay, also, okay, Teddy, okay. No, I was gonna say exactly what you're gonna say. What are you gonna say? Teddy Long, he's bottling on top. But would you call that a mullet? I call that a mullet. A mullet on Teddy Long. On Teddy Long. Oh, yeah. it's seriously long in the back. It's, a, it's, it's a vile mullet, but it's a mullet. <laughs> it's a vile mullet. <laughs> it is one of the worst he's mullets like, he's ever. Onto his hair, like okay, yeah, yeah, I see yeah, it now. Yeah. Uh, so is that eight? Uh, Does that make it eight? That's eight. I think that's eight. It's a rotten one. Oh. <laughs> That, that like speaking of Teddy Long as well, that spot with the phone was I the, the crowd were going absolutely they fucking mental for that. And it's that whole eighties thing of a yuppie. Yeah. You no, know, yeah, he's yeah. in the suit, he's got the he's got the braces on, he's got the well, I don't know what you call it, but where the sh- the short is a different colour to the collar and cuffs. Yeah. And then he's you know that kind of it's it's like Wall Street kind Wall of Wall Street yeah, or you know, or the big businessmen doing Coke and Robocop, you know, yeah, these dickheads. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the giant mobile phone and that's his that's his weapon of choice yeah. and Crowd hate it. Tim Cornette is walking around like a like he's like a he dandy. Got, yeah, you know. And yeah, I think he's, he, was there a bit of slander there towards Holly Dangerously about being gay or something? He did actually. Oh, he does. Yeah, he does the he does the limp wrist yeah, kind of thing yeah, and yeah. all that sort of. Yeah. I think you, you I hear gas, him, <laughs> Yeah, it is gas. It's you ages. hear him being caught on camera calling him gay at one point. I'm do pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you do. Lane has Rose pinned after an Enzigori that we mentioned earlier, but there's a big massive clusterfuck of a brawl with the wrestlers. So Paulie runs in when the ref's back is torn cracks his big 80 cell phone over Lane's head and reverses the pin but then before the ref turns around Cornette comes in levels Paulie with a punch and I thought Cornette should just go for the world heavyweight title yeah, after that punch yeah, because yeah. Paulie sells it oh. and he bumps 
all the way across the ring from the punch. It's fucking great. The referee goes to count laying down, but then notices the... I thought you were saying run on a tight ship. He notices the smash yeah. phone and he's like, yeah. I'm not making this count. There's blatantly been shenanigans yeah, going yeah. on. He starts asking the crowd, yeah. like, did oh, he use great. it? Did yeah. he use it? And while Rose and the referee arguing, Eaton and Lane hit him with like this leg sweep clothesline combo that they call a double goozle. Is double what goozle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a lot like uh, the Ascension's Fall of Man. Yeah, or kind of like total elimination yeah. from the Eliminators, that sort of thing. Lane pins Rose at 17 minutes and 46 seconds. Immediately afterwards, though, original Midnight Express and Polly beat the fucking shit out of the lads. Yeah. And then pull a legger. Keep the feud going. Yeah. Keep the feud going, but the problem is Dennis Condry would then leave WCW. So, somewhat ruining the feud. Classic DC. The whole, you know, the whole thing is like, who gets the Midnight Express name? And he just fucks it up. Boy fucking off, basically. He's the pedo uncle one, by the way. <laughs> Randy Rose is the chuckle brother. Yeah. <laughs> just in case you were... Just in case, just in case you were um, wondering. wondering it. it was keeping score there. Before we get to the next match, Jim Ross and Bob Coddle do some analysis. analysis. Just like Magnum TA and Tony Schiavone did five minutes ago. <laughs> You're paying too many people yeah, here. That, it is ridiculous. Giving too many people a payday. But then we cut back to Magnum TA who has an interview with the Varsity Club. Yeah. Sullivan is good. Mm. Rotunda is acceptable. Doctor Death is bad. That's my opinion. I don't know if I thought. Well, to be honest with you, I thought overall the the, the promo kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I didn't really enjoy bit, it too much. It wasn't great. I thought, yeah. So to be honest with you, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even give yeah. the positive praise. I, mean, I, I, I don't like. I don't know what the crack is, but Kevin Sullivan being in the Varsity Club doesn't make sense to me. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean, but I kind of like the fact that even though like he's going with the legitimate wrestler thing, he still keeps the fact. No, but that he's... no, but that's what I mean. I mean, like you know, you have Doctor Death, who was like you know they never shut up about him yeah. playing like linebacker in Oklahoma yeah, and probably yeah. did some wrestling there. Mike Rotunda did wrestling in Syracuse, yeah. and Rick Steiner, who was previously in it, was like in a wrestler in Michigan. So there are all these legit collegiate athletes, and then there's Kevin Sullivan, who's this weird like cult Satanist, freak, cult freak. But like, it's not like they're a cult. And he's like recruited all these athletes to a cult. It's like they're all still, they all wear the singlets, they all have the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Letterman jackets, and then yeah. he's just in a fucking robe, like, yes. the, like the Emperor and like Return of the Jedi or something. It's, it's, I know, it it's doesn't a weird, make sense. It's a weird, it's a weird, but that's why I liked it. Okay, because <laughs> okay. it's like he's like a little dweeb and he knows it. So right. he's like, so he's using all these, these athletes, big jocks like, to do all the work for him okay. while he's just there, like, yeah. Is it any surprise that the readers of Wrestling Observer in 1988 voted Doctor Death worst on interviews? No, probably no, not. No surprise at all. You remember when we seen him back at Starcade the previous year, and he was like, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Up next is match number three, and it is sorry, lovely can first. But another tag team match, three tag team matches in a row. Yeah. That's a bit bizarre. So this is the team of the Russian Assassins, Russian Assassin 1 and Russian Assassin 2, against Ivan Koloff and the Junkyard Dog. A bit of background on this one, Ivan Koloff was a heel with another wrestler called the Russian Assassin, and they were managed by Paul Jones. They lost a match, and the Russian Assassin and Paul Jones blamed it on Ivan Koloff and beat the shit out of him. So he was, like, pissed off, torn face. So then at Clash of the Champions 3, I believe, he had a one-armed tied behind his back match against Paul Jones. If he beat Paul Jones, he'd have to retire. He didn't beat Paul Jones because of interference from another Russian assassin. So that's why there's now two. Okay. So he called upon his friend, the Junkyard Dog, who answered the call. You know, man, I was on my way to North Kakalaka, by the way of South Kakalaka, Virginia and all those places, and my telephone left those little, and it's that dog. Everybody needs a bone to join. And Colo said, Dog, I need some help. 
and I took my hat off and I told my wife, I'm on my way to the NAA. So I'm six foot four, 325 pounds. I'm nothing but twisted steel and no sex appeal. But I'm gonna tell you something, baby. It's not recess time, so I'm not here to play. I'm here to match and stay. You're going to get your chance. December 26, Starcade 1988. You and Ivan Koloff going up against a Russian assassin and a very special stipulation because when you put them down, the Russian assassin's got to unmask and Paul Jones will be forced into retirement. Paul Jones ain't nothing but the devil. And I'm the only man that stepped in the devil's door. Kicked the door down and I made his natural mama frown. So Paul Jones, if you want to mess around, and like I told you, time and time again, Every dog leaves a bone at you and I found myself a bone. So that's how the that's junk air dog was introduced back into the NWA, lads. Oh my god. I was on my way by no chakalaka. Chaka. <laughs> what? What? He also is going to make Paul Jones natural mama frown. <laughs> Not his own natural mama. No. Paul Jones ain't nothing but the devil. <laughs> I'm sorry. I that was like like I understand that JYD like he gets a great reaction from the crowd. He gets an unbe- everyone what? seems to love him. They I just don't him. get it. I don't get it either. I just don't understand what the appeal no. is. In fact, it bothers me that people like him. The eighties, it was the a strange second, time. Dave, how did you feel about the second move of the match being mm-hmm. JYD's? Oh, no, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Did you love it? Yeah, yeah. at least it was well, out of the way. Well, you know, <laughs> I I loved it, or I would have loved it if I was a person who loved having his head wrecked. <laughs> by watching shit moves like that actually I would have loved this match if I was that kind of person because yeah, yeah. I didn't I thought this match was fucking brutal oh, yeah, yeah. When, when, sorry when Gary Michael Capetta was announcing it oh. and he said 20 minute time limit I was like no <laughs> God, no <laughs> thank god I was, it was the opposite but yeah bad. so my final note on the last match the right. previous one was Teddy Long runs a tight chip in this match yeah my only note on this match is that Teddy Long does not run a tight ship in this match. <laughs> oh God! It is the it is the loosest of ships, yeah. isn't it? It is it is very like very he's bad. He's looking at them cheating, and he's like, "Ah, well." He looks there at them. You go. He looks at them cheat, and then just does zero about it. He makes a, a, a pinfall. He makes yeah. a pinfall, like and like JYD is. Well over the hill at this stage. Oh, he's, big time. He's he, over. He he's, looks, he's almost under it. Like <laughs> he looks oh. like he, he's in worse shape than yep. we've seen him up to this point. He's probably fucking, his tag team partner, Mister Fuckoff, is I don't know what age at this stage. He's over. He's another. Well over he's the a Mister yeah. Fuckoff. Mister Fuckoff is so old. He was the chap who beat Bruno Sammartino for the world title to take it off him in the fucking seventies. Yeah, right? Jesus. Yeah, that's how old he is. The Russian assassins like that's actually, just the biggest jammer. He's actually not as old as you think in this. Koloff's only like in his 40s. Only mid but, to late 40s. Yeah, but like, you know, you talk about the loose ship and all, but Bob Coddle actually gives out about the ref's loose ship. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, but don't do that because the heels are meant to yeah, do that. You yeah. t- I know this match is bad, but you can't give out about the ref doing his act, like his cave is not, sorry, his shoot job of purposely missing heels. Cheating. Yeah, yeah. You know that way? Oh no, that annoyed me. In ring work, lads. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fucking piss poor. Like it was, it was Shocking a pain. Behavior, it was a pain to watch for me. Like you know, what? I actually have it down here. A community hall match. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, let's say you went to your, your local sports hall, where it draws like seventy people. The local. Mm. This is the type of match they put on because they don't really need to do anything. 
because it's a community home match where they've got your tenor in the door and that's yeah, about it. Yeah, like yeah. It's, oh, it's very, very bad. So I don't think we're going to say much more. No, we don't need to. Although I did, or do you have anything? Oh. You, would you like to? Grievy, probably, no, probably against my better judgment, I'm actually going to say that I enjoyed the finish, the kind of fucking the, oh, lo- really? the loaded mask. Look, I liked that bit, but well, that's that's, like, that's the only bit right. that I liked. So I'm going to try, try the idea of finishing the, the match with, with a, the loaded mask. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to try and explain the finish, right? So JYD and Koloff hit one of the assassins with an atomic drop and Russian sickle combination, which is kind of all right, actually. It was a pretty yeah. good. Let's, let's yeah. be honest. Meanwhile, Paul Jones gives the other assassin a piece of metal to load his mask with. So Koloff is pinning one assassin in the ring. The other assassin comes in, all in plain view of the ref, by the way. Headbutts Koloff with the loaded mask. Rolls him over And then he pins Koloff And the ref counts it yeah. There's a complete debacle About who the legal man is Which is the legal assassin And Teddy Long Just makes the count Teddy Long and, and Thankfully Thankfully 6 minutes 47 seconds Yeah it was a very short Oh match. thank fucking god Holla holla Thank god Teddy Long Didn't fucking yeah. spot the Holla holla Yeah and make it go on For another yeah. 5 minutes So this is Koloff's Last appearance for 5 years Good And <laughs> I have some Good news In that JYD won't be appearing in any 1989 pay-per-views. That is good news. But that doesn't mean he won't be appearing in any 1990 or 1991 uh, or possibly 92 pay-per-views. Not such good news there, Graham. No. So, listen, I tried my best. This is his This is the last pay-per-view of 88, yeah? Yeah. So, you have a a year worth of pay-per-views without, let's say. Oh, that's that's a good break. Yeah. We'll deal, we'll cross the bridge when we come to it. Okay, okay. Hang on, I'm trying to get a can. Get yourself a can, David. Oh, Oh, jeez. Lovely. Lovely can. It's a lovely can, isn't it? Damn, that was kind of a... Uh, that was creepy. It was. Match number four is another title match. It is the for the NWA World Television title. It is the champion, Mike Rotunda, representing the Varsity Club against the challenger and former Varsity Club member, Rick Steiner. On the outside, Kevin Sullivan is suspended in a cage... They love suspending people managing yeah, cages. They love yeah. it. Is it a southern thing, Mike? It's a southern rasp. <laughs> it is. But another thing is they suspend it in front of the fucking hard camera. <laughs> so anytime they cut to it, you can't see the wrestlers above their shoulders. Yeah. It's a it's a, a faux pas. Yeah, I was on very the production much so. crew. I liked this match. I liked it as well. I, I thought it was, thought it was done really well. They built up like you know they're both collegiate wrestlers. Yeah, they exactly. They, yeah, they told a really good story. They, they like. told a really good story. They kept. Walking the head Well They didn't even go to the grappling at first They just swung fucking yeah. digs At each other To show The hatred they have for one another They didn't even need to go to You know Belly to bellies Or any like waist locks They just swung punches For each other's heads yeah. And I, I really liked it I thought it was a good match Yeah it was, a, it was, a, it was pretty it was explosive a, Like wasn't it Very it was... good yeah Some great suplexes out Yeah Steiner. Yeah, and it's like it's a classic kind of story the lovable idiot against this like brainwashed jerk Yeah, yeah. Jock it's, it's essentially a dork versus a jock even though, you know, even though like the dark is a is fucking, a fucking beast, beast yeah. Yeah. But he's like he's like an idiot savant kind of. He's like he has he has a face drawn on his hand and he calls it Alex. Yeah, he's kind of and he's like, the one who's his coach basically. That's a great gimmick. Yeah. He's a bit like Eugene, but it's not as offensive because it's, it's Rick like Steiner because somehow it, makes it like he makes it work really well because they don't blatantly tell you he is mentally retarded. Basically, yeah, that's what Eugene did. They went, "Here's my nephew who is handicapped," whereas Rick Steiner, he kind of just went. Oh yeah, what's the story? Like, he 
in his interview later on, he thought he won uh, a year's free cable TV by winning the TV. That's what he thought my, it was. My favorite part of his interview later on is when he goes to shake hands, and like uh, Magnum TA has the microphone in yeah. his hand, and he shakes his hand with two hands with the microphone in his hand. <laughs> it's just like it's just such a little but thing. He, he does it the way he does it. Really like, well. yeah. There's some great spots in this. There's one where Steiner hits the ropes and Rotunda sidesteps him, and Steiner launches oh. through the ropes and like basically. Well, Jim Ross says he hits head, but I don't know, but he flies out of that ring. Yeah. And, and like, the thing is, the there yeah. is, there's no protective no, outside it's, the ring. It's, it's straight onto but concrete. But it's such a good spot. Like, he yeah. goes, fly, like, launches him. I think Jim Ross even says he launched himself like a missile. And yeah. like, he did. It was it was amazing. There was also, towards the end, Rotunda hit Steiner with a big left arm clothesline that basically turned Steiner inside out. You know that big rotation? Yeah. yeah tilt a yeah, wheel yeah. bump. It was cracking. Like Rikishi used to do. Yeah. It was, I thought that was really good. Really nice slow built match and then just solid wrestling, I thought. Yeah. And again, the crowd were fucking loving this. Yeah. They were so hot for Steiner in this yeah, match. They were. they were fucking and loving him. When he eventually, when we get to when the he finish wins. and he does yeah. win, like the crowd, it's just like they're genuinely really And he does happy. laps, laps yeah. the ring and they, they pop and stand yeah. up and go that crazy. That was a fucking deadly finish. It was. I thought it was a very, very yeah. good finish. One of the, like, one of the better booked finishes of any so match the that we've reviewed The finish is, so obviously, far. Kevin Sullivan is in the cage, so he, he's not going to be interfering. So, Steve Williams, the other varsity club member, quietly makes his way down to ringside. Steiner hits a belly-to-belly suplex. That's his finish. He's going to pin Rotunda, but before the count goes down, Williams goes over, rings the bell. So, ref Teddy Long thinks the time limit has expired, and he's going over and asking the timekeeper... But meanwhile, they're lowering Sullivan because they think yeah. the match is over. So then, senior ref Tommy Young runs down and gets says, "No, no, that you know, Williams came out and blah blah blah." They made a point of showing him talking to the uh, to the timekeeper. Yeah, they like, did. did. It was, you ring the bell. Yeah, it was, you, it was really good. Oh, like, it was and then he's on the a- Kevin Sullivan gets on the apron and Tommy Young and Kevin Sullivan get in an altercation. Meanwhile, in the ring, Teddy Long tells them to restart the match. Steiner shoots Rotunda off the ropes. Tommy Young moves out of the way. Sullivan and Rotunda clash. And Steiner pins Rotunda and both refs at the same time make the three count and he wins the television title for the first time. And he does laps the ring with the belt and the crowd are they on the feet going bananas. Shows how over he is with the yeah, crowd. He's yeah, yeah. He's, he's, and he's fucking yeah. deserves it as well. It was like, a really, really good. Really good. Do, not a dodgy finish as such but it was a really good, you know, OTT finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still made both men look good and I really liked it. Next time, yeah, 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 I thought it was yeah. great. Pretty good match. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pretty good match. So, and that lasted 17 minutes and 59 seconds. The longest oh, so far. I'm, I, I would say that my, it could have afforded to have some time trimmed off it again. Possibly, It was yeah. still a little bit long, I thought. But, like, not not, not a major complaint. Nothing no, it wasn't kind of... like... It, the first tag team match would have definitely needed a few moments yeah, scraped yeah. off it. Genuine question. Yeah. I know there's only 10,000 people at this as opposed to some of the bigger crowds. Yeah. Do you think that's the loudest pop we've heard so far when Rick Steiner wins the title? Up to, this point, up to this yeah, point I would say it's Most probably certainly. the biggest pop like I've heard in any of the pay-per-views it's, part, it's bigger than like, any of the ones we've seen at like Wrestlemania yeah, and stuff yeah, where yeah. they've had the like, crowd are just going nuts they like. are going ape shit so we're about halfway through the show which means it's time for more half time history or something like that yeah, half time like history half time history <laughs> Grant <laughs> excellent on the spot jingle yeah, lads yeah. So a few things. The very first version of Photoshop was released, which is basically oh. probably in every single marketing thing you'll ever see now. But that's 
the very first version I don't know what version around wow. 16, 17, 19 my dad didn't stop doing that altogether Stephen Hawking published A Brief History of Time oh have you, I haven't you read, read it, it? No, no, I haven't read it but I'd like to yeah something I actually missed from our last halftime history and that was remember at SummerSlam they kept promoting that boxing match yeah, yeah. so the result was that Sugar Ray Leonard knocked out Donny Lalonde in the ninth round yeah a couple of movies released at the time The Naked Gun with Leslie oh, Nielsen excellent nice that excellent was a cracker film. brilliant film later uh, tie in with wrestling as well we will get to that Rain Man was also released which was Very the highest the highest grossing film of the year also won best picture at the Oscars and best actor for Dustin Hoffman yeah but the number one movie was an adventure comedy starring Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> twins <Wow>. what a <laughs> film hey, what the hell did you do to a man I did nothing the pavement was his enemy I haven't that film in years. It's a great film. The number one song. If Rose has oh, it song. Okay, now it all makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, before we were recording it, I was just singing it. And Derm basically sang the whole song before we were recording it. And now we... Oh, I wish I was recording though. Sorry. You can do it now. No, it's too late. You, you can, headphones you, you can, you can hold can on. Do, Get yeah. the guitar. Let's go. You'll need to put Guy Liner on like uh, Brett, <laughs> Brett Michaels and a stupid cowboy Need to put on a few pounds if we're going to be Brett Michaels, is it? Yeah, that's true. But that's a cracker of a tune, by the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of all that was really going on. It was the end of the year. It was Christmas time. Yeah, nothing too hectic or mad happened. So we get back into the action. Sounds good. Ah, sure. Why not? Sure, sure. Listen. Sure, this is it. Sure, this is it. Sure, what else would you be doing? <sighs> Watching shite wrestling, probably. Yeah. Match number five is for the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship. It is the champion Barry Windham against the challenger Bam Bam Bigelow, who we haven't seen since WrestleMania 4, I believe. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And he brought uh, his manager, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, with him, who isn't wearing his retarded glittery coat. He's just He looks like a, a poor man's Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, I was he? actually thinking the exact yeah. same thing. Can I, can I just ask what the point of Oliver Humperdinck is? Like He doesn't... He doesn't make a difference. No, to this no. Doesn't do anything. Whatsoever. No, no. Like at least JJ Dillon like seems like he might interfere or do something, but no. Well, like I know it's he's a face manager and they don't do as much, but like there's no point to him. Well, at no, all. Fairness, the camera goes him. to him very little. Like yeah. the camera doesn't focus on him like at all. What I love, Dillon fucking stalking around that ring, man. Uh JJ Dillon is so good. Like he has like he's not even saying that and he's not doing that. He's just walking and you, you know like yeah. you fucking. Bastard. This is... I know we talked about the crowd before, but the crowd are fucking on fire for this. Like, heavy, heavy boos for Wyndham and mm. massive Bam Bam chants. Like, massive Bam Bam chants when he comes out. The crowd... They're kind of going nuts for the entirety of this match. I, lo- I really like this match. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. I would say it's the best we've seen Barry Wyndham. The yeah. Be- the best yeah, match. Yeah. Whether that's to do with his opponent or whether it's to do with him improving, mm. I don't know, but... He's still, what, he's like 26 or something here, isn't he? Dave, you seem to like you're disagreeing with me. You don't, didn't yeah, like it well, too like, much. I, I thought it was an alright match. Some of it didn't make sense to me. The first thing that pops into my head is like, why did Bam Bam get up after he hit the yeah. slingshot? This that's, not, yeah. that's not a face thing to do. Yeah, no, exactly. Bam Bam hits his slingshot splash from the apron, which is one of his finishers. Mm-hmm. Ref counts two, and he just gets off him after, before three, and he points to the turnbuckle like he's going to hit the diving headbutt. And it's kind of like, no, that's what a cocky heel would do. Yeah. be like, no, I'm not finished with him yeah, yet. I'm yeah, going yeah, yeah. to like humiliate him. It didn't make sense. No, it didn't make any sense. But the rest of the match, I enjoyed. Yeah, I no, enjoyed, it was good. It I was... enjoyed the tempo of it and the pace. Yeah. There, got, like especially Bam Bam being like they say he's three ninety. I don't believe that. I'd say yeah. he might be three forty. But he's a big, he's a big boy yeah, nonetheless, big and he moves guy, yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, and Wyndham is like what, like six six, but he's, he's a tall he moves around yeah, he very does, yeah. well. Yeah. But like 
I don't know what I have in my notes about this match is that it's weird. Like it's good, but there's something about it that the just didn't is gel it, is for me. I don't know what. Off, it, it? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, weird. it's like it's like a Bam Bam Bigelow trying to wrestle a WWF match compared to some of the other NWA matches. No, I understand. Say, like, the end of, the NWA is the whole Bam move, walk walk out limb or walk apart. Yeah, the traditional wrestling storytelling yeah. thing. Like you where know, there's like quick pace sequence, bang, then you then you walk a hold or you walk a, do something like that. Quick pace sequence walk a hold where he seems to be kind of like you know hitting a body slam, hitting a clothesline, yeah, to the crowd, and yeah. then hitting another clothesline or a kick or something like that. Yeah. What I would say is Wyndham is really impressive in this match, apart from the fact that the claw just still looks oh like a my god, head massage. Come, come, but let's be honest, lads, Bam Bam sold it nine thousand percent than Dusty oh, yeah, Rhodes. Yeah, Holy yeah. god, he at least dropped as if he was in pain, and then just got to the ropes and it was broken. Look, instead of fucking. Dusty Rhodes who started popping and locking yeah. basically and I, grabbing I his dick I might, I might have been influenced now by the fact that I was watching this match and my housemate came in during the match and yeah. he was watching it with me and, and he was like stupid. the claw like what the fuck yeah. is he doing of it course. looks like a head massage yeah. and I was like yeah this is just a bit silly isn't it so I don't know that might have influenced it but the claw just it's the claw is a bad move silly. no it's a terrible move like, the bear actually, but like I said previously I'd be more to I'd be more akin to believe Bam Bam putting the claw on Barry Windham yeah. Because it needs to be someone like a Big John Stud or a fucking Bruno Sambert. It needs to be be these massive hands, huge people with giant hands. Barry Windham just looks like a like I know he's six foot six, but his hands look look like a regular Joe. Do you know what I mean? If anything, they look a bit small for his body. They do. They do. (laughs) Smells like cabbage. (laughs) No mad folk, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the ending was a little anticlimactic for me, but the match overall was good enough I, I kind of didn't mind the ending especially considering that Bam Bam's the last time we saw Bam Bam he also lost via count out yeah. and, mm-hmm. and that was the worst, no, count, was out the worst count out I've out. ever seen in my fucking life I have a quote from JR going uh, he can't take a sustained pounding from a big man like this can anybody <laughs> I also like the way JR referred to Bam Bigelow's legs his knees as his wheels yeah that was kind of cool wasn't <laughs> it I, was I also cool. like the way he talked about him like Taking a full year to get the head tattoo and like he yeah have he's a hard sticking cunt, into like, his head yeah, yeah, for a yeah, year. Yeah. Bam Bam's gorilla presses were pretty sweet. They were they were very well. good. Right. Yeah. So the finish came. Wyndham wears Bigelow down with the claw, like we said, but Bigelow manages to get to the ropes to break it. So Wyndham slams Bigelow and they make a big deal of it because Bigelow's obviously a big motherfucker. Yeah. Goes for a flying elbow, an outrageous looking flying elbow. The way he soars across the yeah, ring, really but misses nice. it. They end up spilling to the outside. Bigelow rushes at Wyndham, but he sidesteps him and Bigelow cracks into the ring post. Meanwhile, the ref is counting. Wyndham manages to slip in at the 9 second mark. Bigelow gets in at basically 11 seconds and loses the match via countout at 16 minutes and 7 seconds. One last thing yeah. before we move on. I was asking what the point of Oliver Humperdinck is. Right. There is one point to him. He adds and that is a, a mullet. point to the mullet. Oh. Yeah, yeah. As does and Barry Wyndham. Barry Wyndham definitely two more has on, a mullet. What did we say? We were on 7? We were on 8, now we're on 10. Yeah. Barry, Barry Windham's hair is like a like a Hulk Hogan's hair, isn't it? That's like actually silk, silk and G- Chinese man's okay. hair. <laughs> this is jumping way ahead to like ninety three or ninety four. Yeah. So it was after Hogan left WF, but he hadn't signed for WCW. Doing his acting, and they started running all these promos. I can't remember who it was. Someone was someone was feuding with Flair anyway, a manager, and he started saying, "There's a big guy coming in, big, muscular, blonde, tall guy." Barry Wyndham. <laughs> <laughs> no, the way they were awarding the promo was Sounds to exactly sound like, like Hogan. Hogan. Oh, of course, of course. And then they brought Barry Wyndham yeah. in. Actually, sons of bitches. 
<laughs> it reminds me of from watching Monday Night Wars when uh, Razor Ramon and Diesel went to WCW and they got the fake ones in. What the fuck? That was a bizarre time, wasn't that, it? Oh my god! What like they're that, teasing though? them for a few weeks, like you know, yeah. you and know, we have Jim have... Ross heel as well as their manager and all <laughs> yeah. weird shit, like yeah. So and it was like this lad with a gut who was just not Scott Hall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Kane as Diesel. Yeah, well, like... Died goatee, you know. Fake Diesel was a lot better than fake Razor Ramon. Oh, he was, yeah. yeah. He at least lasted oh, a lot longer. Anyway, so I think we're in agreement... Well, I don't know if we are in agreement. I think Dave didn't like it as much oh, as no, I did. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, think, it was, like, I didn't yeah. think it was bad. No, I think it was another middle-of-the-road match for me. Fair enough. That's, no, that's completely acceptable. Up next, we get a backstage interview with Magnum TA interviewing the new television champion, Rick Steiner. Yeah, we kind of touched on this earlier, but what did you make of him just being a dummy, basically? But uh, an adorable yeah, dummy. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Like, obviously, in the wrong context, and if you saw it, like, it might be offensive. Or I'd say today, people might not allow it. Oh, they'd say but they're making just, fun of an idiot. Like, yeah, he just yeah. plays that character so perfectly. Like, I don't know <laughs> if he's like that in real I don't life. Know. I love, really and I love Ma- Magnum TA well. is like, you're going to have wrestlers coming after you for that belt. And he's like, am I? When? And he's like, Who? when? Who? What? Who's gonna? He's Why? like, all the other wrestlers in the NWA are going to want a shot of that title. When? <laughs> he's like, as soon as possible. He's like, all right. <laughs> it's just yeah, like he hadn't, it's like he doesn't even realise. The he, way he shakes his head. It's like he doesn't even realise he's a wrestler and he keeps looking at the screen and he's, he's just so happy with himself. It's really, it's cute and adorable, yeah, but yeah. he's also ripped my fucking yeah. head off. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like Lenny out of, of Mice and Men. Oh, where yeah. he's like he's slow and you know mentally Kills mentally slow, but he'd he'd tear you in half if yeah. he needed to. Very yeah, uh, very sad story. A sad story. Yeah. I think Rick Steiner's story ends a bit better. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a good story. Oh, I just oh, opened the can. A lovely, a lovely can. Yeah. I'm gonna add a chapter to that. <laughs> <laughs> Match number six, our penultimate match of the evening, is for the NWA World Tag Team titles. I mentioned previously, the Midnight Express had cleanly beat the Horsemen to get the titles before they left for the WF. They were just transitional champions so they could get the belts from one heel team to another, which is the Road Warriors. And it's surprising that the Road Warriors have been turned heel, so a little bit of background on this Super heel as well. Super heels. The Road Warriors and Dusty Rhodes were the NWA six-man tag team champions, what it that's only one step above that Western Heritage AIDS title from a few whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? At a show where Dusty Rhodes wasn't there, they just beat the shit out of Sting for no reason. Just beat the shit out of him. Dusty Rhodes confronted them on another show, so they beat the shit out of him. Vicious. Viciously. Tried to take his eye. Tried to gouge his eye out. And I love his promo that was in the opening package oh, where he was like, so Violence much. for the sake of violence. Yeah, like, you should have taken both of them, brother. And yeah. I was like, an eye for an eye. Yeah, he's oh. like, If you're going to take take me eyes, you should have taken both of them because I'm going to come after you now. Yeah. That was kind of badass. So they beat the shit out of him. At Clash of the Champions, it was three, I believe. Dusty and Animal faced off for the rights of the NWA six man title. Animal won. They picked Akira Moeda, maybe, Japanese wrestler didn't matter because the titles were vacated and uh, just scrapped yeah. less than a month later so like they were completely pointless and that's that's why it's led to this match they they had turned on Sting and Dusty yeah. so now they have to defend the belts you were talking about gouging out his eye with a spike that would lead to basically Dusty being fired yeah. so what happened was Ted Turner took over you know Turner Networks they run the show and they wanted a slightly more family friendly image so they banned blading basically yeah 
So he said, right, blading is banned, that sort of thing. So then Dusty Rhodes goes, Grant, and then writes an angle where the Road Warriors take one of the spikes off their shoulder pads and jam it in his fucking eyeball. And then I don't know if they used fake blood for the eyeball or he bladed near the brow, but he definitely just broke the rule. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, they didn't. They waited until after the pay-per-view and then they sacked him as... Booker, yeah, and then he basically left the company in February of the following year. I read that. He, I read another reason for him being sacked yeah, or replaced ahead. was that for the main event, he wanted Lex Luger to be a victim of uh, mugging by someone. I can't remember who it was, and then he wanted Bam Bam Bigelow to go over really? in a five-minute match over Rick Flair. Rick Steiner. Sorry, Rick Steiner. Sorry, Rick Steiner was going over Rick. Sorry, sorry, he wanted. So he wanted to promote Luger getting the rematch. Yeah. But then at the start of the show announced he'd been mugged. Well, no, shoot an angle where he gets taken out backstage. Yeah. Right. And then Flair is going to like defend against a mystery opponent. And it's Rick Steiner. And, and, Rick he, Steiner. and he goes and he over. He goes over. five minutes. I'm guessing Rick, Flair said yeah, fuck Flair off. Flair was like, yeah, no fucking way. No fucking way. And the rest of the NWA did the NWA yeah, commission. Yeah. That's I read that as well. I don't know. I, maybe it was a bit of both. Maybe yeah. it was like, one, you broke the rules, and two... You've gone off the wagon, mate. Or maybe yeah. what they, the fuck? Maybe they used that blood thing as an excuse to fire him because he did that. So because like, he's gone yeah. mad. Yeah. What the? F- That's I don't like things like that. The only time I accepted that was when they promoted Austin versus The Rock versus Triple H, yeah, yeah, yeah. Survivor Series '99, and then they ran Hit Austin over. Yeah, because that was a cool fucking and yeah, he's getting ran over. He's getting ran over. A mugging. Sorry, Lex Luger is like yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he needs to be mugged by a fucking truck. That's like that. You know? That um, what's your man's name? Rorschach. He's like, I'm not. I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck here with me. Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, back to this tag team match. Road Warriors heels. Even though there's fans with signs and face paint in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. like against Sting and Dusty Rhodes, who seem to be representing Argentina. Yeah, for whatever reason. <laughs> what was that though? <laughs> no, what what I would say about the old Road Warriors. Yeah, I love them and all, but. If they're gonna be heel, I feel like if they they should have committed to it a bit more, like maybe change the face paint, stop wearing the spikes, take away some of the things that make them so lovable. Because yeah. the fans still really like them, even though they're meant to be heels. Yeah, the face paint is they should even just all black face paint or, yeah. or like you know that sort of way. Just, just do be... something to differentiate from the way they wear as yeah. faces. I mean, the heels use more face tactics, but they use them in a cool way, like. Uh, Sting keeps doing this arm lock but as he's bringing the arm over his own head he keeps biting the wrist yeah yeah that was yeah. really cool that was they're also nice. they pull animals hair a few times as well I was like I liked it or like unclean breaks because they were basically like they're not out to be the good guys they're out for fucking revenge yeah, so yeah. they don't care about the rules in this they are swinging swinging for the fences what do you make of Dusty Rhodes selling in this match better than Dr. Deaths but yeah, still true. not great and also how fucking violent are the Road Warriors <laughs> very violent they were very, very stiff violent. in this match yeah. What I, was, I think that works for the heel. Oh yeah, I don't yeah, mean it. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not a complaint. It's, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a what what I will say is, it shows how much they thought of Sting that Animal actually sells for him in this match. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Animal doesn't sell for anybody. Can we talk about? Well, Either. first, I'd like to add Animal's mullet to the count. I yeah, make it yeah. eleven. Bing, bing. And this is the the most mullety he's been because we've argued over him before, <laughs> but he's definitely a mullet at the time. And. Sting's body splash off the top oh, of the outside. That was something it's else. How far did he go? Oh my like, god! Kilometer down the road, like <laughs> he, he nearly jumped all the way to the WF. Like. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, oh holy night, that was like, crazy. Was yeah. We've already mentioned there's absolutely no padding, no mat no, on that yeah. floor. He's straight on straight on, straight on oh, the concrete. But like. he, he got so much air. He did. Oh, it was unreal. Like, for 1988, that's the most ludicrous spot you're going to see. Yeah, like. Sting is fucking deadly. Isn't he the fucking business? He is the business. Yeah, he's a whopper. <laughs> he's so athletic. Yeah. Like. A couple of other spots. There was a drop kick by Dusty Rhodes. Wasn't, yeah. the, wasn't the prettiest, but he fucking tried to do even, it. Even JR know. says, you know, you he's really see, pulling it all yeah, out now. Yeah. Like, you don't see that too often. Yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. For me, wasn't the best in-ring work-wise. It was standard, but as we mentioned before, the crowd got me into oh it. They, made, they, they drew me in. I was like, fuck, this match. Fuck. Like, even though it was just punch, kick, punch, kick, body slam, yeah. I was like, it was still fucking really come on, Steve. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. really wanting them to go over. Like, a yeah, I enjoyed this match yeah. as well. I, I think I enjoyed this match more than I should have, but I just, oh, everyone just fucking loved it. The only real like spot of note and like good part of it of note was the, the, dive. the dive. Yeah, and the rest of it is all kind of just yeah, whatever. But it was still like oh, you know, it was still it was, a it was grand great. match. The finish came after a prolonged beating. Dusty took the beating. Dusty gets the hot tag to Sting. Crowd goes wild. Sting unloads on Animal, hits him with a bulldog. Stinger splash puts him in the Scorpion Deathlock. Hawk breaks it up and they attempt to do a doomsday device then mm. on Dusty but Dusty escapes by mule kicking animal in the balls basically <laughs> and then he's brawling with Hawk Sting gets up does a massive diving crossbody almost three quarters yeah, of the way across yeah. the ring on animal ref goes down one two Paul Ellering pulls the ref out and then jumps in and attacks Sting matches over via DQ which is kind of a little bit he, disappointing. He barely attacks Sting. Like yeah, but he still pulled the ref out, which oh, is, yeah, you know, okay, like still, enough. like he, yeah. yeah, yeah. Match ends in the DQ, so faces go over, but obviously the belts remain with the road wears. Yeah. Really enjoyable for yeah. me, anyway. I always thought that Bret Hart did the sharpshooter before Sting did the Scorpion Deathlock. No, he didn't. I, I, well, now I know yeah, that. Now you know that, but, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I, for whatever reason. I think, reason, personally, I think... Bret Hart does it better oh yeah but I always thought it was his move mm. first for some reason but uh, yeah like to see well, it the, in the name of it I, I want to say Ricky Choshu is the Japanese lad who invented it and he calls it Sazori Katami yeah. which is Japanese for Scorpion Hold yeah so that's where Sting obviously got the, the name for it. and it's a cool move mm. it is probably from I'd say 94 to 97 every fucking kid on the playground did it to yeah. each other oh yeah yeah, yeah it, was the, it was the move like everyone was like I'm gonna get you the sharpshooter you're fucked now like you know what I mean I, d- I did it to my uh, to my younger cousin yeah and I made him cry good like Fine. it's not sore yeah. do you remember when you did it to me uh, somewhere in England yeah, near Stevenage near Stevenage in a field near Stevenage do you remember what happened then you what? tapped <laughs> no, no. Do you remember what happened? Do you remember oh yeah, bro. We, I, well, that was after I let go of the sharpshooter, and I think you were trying to pin me then. And then, no, I was trying to get you in a crippler crossface, perhaps. Yeah. And then a lad came out of nowhere and attacked us with a big black dildo. <laughs> so that was grand, ah, brilliant. Near Stevenage, it was big uh, foreign dildo. object. Yeah, big foreign object. <laughs> Did he get disqualified? No, no. Was, okay, hang on. I hope it was some guy who was joining in the crack and not oh, he was. some madman. He wasn't a madman actually attacking like, you. With no, a big, like, it was a big double ender, and he said, "Double It was a big double ender. Yeah, it was proper, yeah, yeah. proper. Anyway, this will be Dusty's last WCW appearance for six years. So proper falling out. With wow. The That's not to say we won't see him again, mm-hmm. but this is like he won't be in WCW till the nineties.
And now it is time for our main event of the evening. And it is for the NWA World Heavyweight title. The champion, the Nature Boy Ric Flair against the challenger, the total package Lex Luger, rematch from Great American Bash. And the stipulation has been added that the title can change hands on a disqualification. Before we go on though, lads, originally a Clash of the Champions 3... They're obviously trying to make. I mentioned Jason Hervey earlier, poor man's WrestleMania. They're trying to add celebrities into yeah. the mix. They really push it in this match, don't they? Well, originally the special referee was meant to be former San Francisco 49ers linesman John Ayers. Now I co- I did some research online, went on forums and like old stuff. Like couldn't really find a reason, but I'd like to show you an interview with him from Clash of the Champions Three, and I think we'll all know the reason. Oh, excellent. Fans of the sports world today, there's a lot of demands, a lot of stipulations to be met. And Nature Boy Ric Flair, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and the total package Lex Luger. Of course, we talk about the third element in the ring now, the special referee assigned. We're very pleased to have with us number 68, left guard, San Francisco 49ers, 11 years in the NFL, one of the greatest offensive linemen ever. Big John Ayers with us. And, John, you've been assigned to be the special referee for this match. NWA World Heavyweight title. And I know you know a lot about pressure in the big game. I've been very fortunate in my career, Tony, you know, having the opportunity to play in a lot of championship games and pressure, you know, pressure situations. And this is probably the most prestigious match or title, you know, the National Wrestling Alliance Heavyweight World Championship. You know, in wrestling, it's the the title that anybody wants. We all know John Ayers a reputation, one of the greatest professional football players of all time. Two Super Bowl rings, the 49ers did it all when Big John was with it. But let me ask you a question, Big John. In my own modest way, i got to know what qualifies you to referee a world's heavyweight championship match, a match that you know is done with two wrestlers. It's not a team sport. We're talking about the big time, pal. Tell me what qualifies you to referee a match that the world heavyweight champion's in. I think I'm qualified in that I know something about wrestling and I'm an impartial judge. I see John Ayers, as I said before, one of the greats of all time. A former football player along with Lex Luger, who was a former football player. And I see Jim Crockett stopping at no expense to bring in someone else to help railroad Ric Flair. John Ayers is financially overdue, pal. He's got a 10,000-acre ranch. And I'm going to tell you right now, Big John, I'm not Lawrence Taylor. I'm not Randy White. I'm not any of the National Football League players, but I am the world's heavyweight wrestling champion. And big man, I hope that you're not looking for a future after football in professional wrestling. John? Well, like I said before, you know, it's, it's going to be, I'm impartial. May the best man win. I'll call it like I see it. And I will not be intimidated. Well, I think that's a key right there. We talked about needing a big man in the ring and intimidation, of course, a part of the sport and not being intimidated will be good. John, thank you very much. We hope to see more of you, of course. And then again, I know it's a big, big match coming up. Ric Flair and Lex Luger for the world heavyweight title with John Ayers, the special referee. So, lads, would any of you like to maybe guess why John Ayers didn't turn out to be the special ref in that in this main event? Is it because he was like a wet rag? <laughs> yeah, possibly. I, like I, I couldn't find the answer, but I'm, this is my guessing. It's, and it's, it's the assumption, like, 
Or maybe, you know, it could be a case where he pulled out because he didn't like the attitude he was getting off Ric Flair. Maybe he doesn't know something about wrestling. No, I don't think he knows yeah, anything yeah, about no. wrestling. See, well, I, I do know that uh, he's uh, impartial. And... Uh, he will not I, be I, intimidated. I, I, I will not be intimidated. <laughs> He, My he really, God, that's, uh, that was one of the worst interviews I've ever he seen. He really reminds me of the science teacher that I had for the junior shift, and he was the worst teacher ever because he could not hold your attention because he was such a boring prick. Yeah. And that's the last thing you want for someone trying to do a wrestling promo. He is the least charismatic person. Whatever I've about ever giving seen. you your education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's overrated. <laughs> no, Jesus. Oh, you have a very boring voice, Ted. <laughs> Jesus, it's awful boring. Are you looking for a booming, exciting voice, Father? <laughs> no, but... Oh, sorry. No, he's looking for a very boring voice. I have a very boring voice. Anyway, you know Father Ted references. Although that lad was very Father Stonish. Yeah, he yeah, was. He? Yeah. Shocking. World Heavyweight Title Match. Main event. Shoot, Boom. lads. Someone give me a little opinion or something. Um, Deep... Again, yeah. it was a good match. It was, I thought it was. I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It took its time to get there, but it it's, got there. It's, yeah, it's like classic heel babyface. Flair yeah. is an mm-hmm. arrogant prick. Luger he still has absolute. his fans though. Like, yeah. It's like they're smart marks, and it doesn't. Like, I don't get it. Smart he's marks a, in 1988. It doesn't like it doesn't make sense to me because he's a, a cock. They're not even smart marks. They're just people who like the dickhead. Yeah, yeah. yeah like there's yeah. a sign when they come out, and it's like Lex Loser. Yeah, <laughs> but like. Luger I know it's a sign so like I don't know why I did an impression of a sign there <laughs> sorry Luger throws him around like a fucking rag fucks him up full yeah. on 15 yeah, minutes yeah. he does there's a bit where uh, Luger does a couple of gorilla presses but there's one where he gorilla press slams him and you can audibly just hear Flair going oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's great towards the start he whips Flair into the throne buckles a few times and just out of seeing Flair so many times I was expecting him to do like yeah. you know the upside down Flair flop yeah. But he took it just shoulder first and back bumped <gasps> and it looked so painful and it was I thought it was great looking. He does do the flip flop. He eventually does do the yeah. flip flop, but at first yeah. he just yeah. he takes it with two or three shots where See, he just got shoulder first horrible. and it was horrible looking, but it looked great. I didn't like the fact that Luger was now selling those chops. No? Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh like he, well I did like it but he did it it was done a lot. But like if he I, did it towards the end where he went fuck you Flair yeah. And kind of, yeah if he was actually like there was par- there was times I understand like if you're you know quote unquote hulking up or whatever like you know yeah. like similar almost similar to what fucking Dusty Rhodes was doing in, in the tag team match yeah yeah um, but there was times where like they, they, he wasn't hulking up that wasn't part of the spot he Flair was just stops. whipping him like yeah, he was whipping yeah. him from corner to corner and he was giving him a chop and Lou was just like standing there just yeah. not taking it just I know what you mean. whatever I, I did however like how much he sold his leg yeah obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. that came into play the finish about 22 or 23 minutes in the ref is distracted by James J. Dillon and Flair wallops him in the knee with a steel chair and that basically he sells it for the next the next 7 minutes because yeah. the match goes like for half an hour costs him the match costs him the match but he does it really good like he keeps going for moves and then just collapses him because yeah, yeah. his knee is in bits and kept slapping the leg to try yeah. and kind of get life back into it well, I didn't like. I didn't like. I kind of didn't like Flair going over. I really wanted Luger to win. Mm. I didn't. I think the NWA have a problem with giving the fans what they want. You know the way like Hogan always goes over, and I know you don't always want to see him go over, but like he already lost, and this is the big rematch, yeah. and I felt this would you know this is meant to be their WrestleMania, putting Luger over. He doesn't have to hold the belt for a year. He can yeah, hold the belt yeah. for three months, but I thought putting him over would be the right thing to do. Yeah, 
they seem to have their like a lot invested in Ric Flair though. Yeah. And um, while they probably have quite they obviously have quite a bit invested in Luger yeah. as well because yeah. this is obviously a rematch of course, with, with yeah. Ric Flair. But like, you know, Ric Flair is kind of synonymous with, with the NWA as well, whereas Lex Luger wouldn't be as much. So maybe it is a thing of like you're still a green a green yeah. rookie like at three years. Like he still puts on a, a good match. Oh yeah, yeah. But that could also be attributed to the fact he's in there with Ric Flair. Yeah. You know, that sort of Exa- way. You know, Honestly, I kind of he, felt that Ric Flair carried most of this match. Oh, yeah, he would, he would know, have. And this is probably, did. this is, I know we've only seen like Luger like four times, but this is definitely Luger's, and I'm going to say, I think, best Flair match we've seen. I definitely best Flair match anyway, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it was a good match. It was a good match. Yeah. I know there's a stage where Luger hits the, um, the point of diminishing returns, almost What's like that. A, like he's, I, I kind of, I'm a bit of a fan of Luger in I'm the. I'm a fan 80s, of Luger. You know, oh, we're, we're discussing his '90s WF run. Is that what you mean? Yeah, where he has it the, just goes yeah. sour. What the fuck happened there? I don't know. I don't know. Either. When we get to it, we'll maybe, maybe we'll be able to pinpoint what happened when we get he's there. He's not like, in the ring with Ric Flair anymore. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but like working, I don't know, working with Bret Hart. Like yeah. you should put on a great match if you're working with Bret Hart. I don't know. Yeah, not in the ring with Ric Flair is a different story, isn't it? Mm. Maybe he just didn't adapt to the WF style. And that's that's something that happens Maybe. to people. That that's is, that it is exactly good match. Yeah, I enjoy. I like, it. I like Flair using the figure. Four, oh, sorry, I like Luger using the figure four at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. On his legs, and then I'm fairly certain. Okay, so Flair was working the left leg, and he hit it with the steel chair, the chair, yeah. and he was uh, dropping onto it and everything. Yeah. I, I'm fairly certain that the idea of the figure four leg lock is um, the straight leg. Which leg do you pick up but when if, you do a figure four? Which is the the, the, le- the left the, the straight leg is it's I suppose it does depend on what leg you're working but I'm fairly certain that the right leg which is the straight leg in the figure four leg lock that's the one that's meant to be in pain that's the one that's meant to be in pain yeah it and is and he spent the entire time working the left leg see fans would know because they generally no, wouldn't not. put figure a, four a, on something I, I no I understand no, I understand that makes sense you also like I know that was kind of fan service putting Flair in the figure four yeah. but he'd spent the entirety of the match working Flair's arms yeah and he yeah. was like I'm going to put you in the figure four now <laughs> That's why he lost. Jeez, he, made, he made Flair look like shit when he just started hooking up again. Oh, and he yeah. just, just turned over straight away. There wasn't, even, the a, crap there wasn't even a bit yeah. of fucking, a bit of stress on him. I, I, I thought this was a pretty good match and it was better than their original. The finish fucking Luger over again was 9,000 million percent better than that stupid blade finish before. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got a little bit of blood. Match is over. That's what happened in that last match yeah. and it was actually genuinely infuriating. What happened in this match uh, Luger mounts an offence with a big clothesline a power slam and then picks up Flair for the torture act but his damaged knee buckles underneath him and he collapses with Flair landing on top of him who then uses the rope for leverage to win the match and retain the title at 30 minutes and 59 seconds long L match long L match but it Did didn't job. feel too didn't feel like half an hour yeah, yeah. 20 minutes it felt like I really enjoyed it I liked it I really enjoyed it too yeah, yeah. I, uh, maybe just to counter your, your opinion of the finish I thought it was pretty cool I, I, thought, I, thought no, was, I didn't I would rather Luger go over but also, I liked he, the finish he didn't have a problem with the finish it was just the fact that the result yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. one thing though like Flair put his legs on the rope and like here's Flair's legs and the ref sorry it's you can't re- see yeah, but yeah. The, the Flair's legs are right beside the referee's yeah. head and it's like but like I mean the whole Teddy idea, Long or something but, I, but I, I mean it also must have been difficult for Luger to have a 200 plus pound man on his shoulders oh yeah then course. lift him up so he can take a back bump and have the man fall on him yeah. in a position where it's the ref you know that sort of way So speaking of like the fact that we were talking about a 200 plus pound man yeah. Flair is probably in the best shape 
we've seen him yeah, in yeah. this match as he well. Is, he's he's better shaped than we've previously seen. And him. the fact that the commentators kinda like allude to that going like, oh both of them have been like training yeah, for this match said, all like, year, like, like this you is know, the biggest thing. They said like Luger lost almost a stone like, Yeah, seventeen pounds yeah, yeah, and like, like Luger's yeah. fucking ripped to shreds. Yeah, the, like, the realistic sports presentation, it really makes it feel like a big fight. It does. Most no almost definitely look. I liked the fact that actually sorry, I want to say I didn't like the fact that in the post-match promo, I would have thought Flair might put Luger over a bit yeah. more. Yeah. He kind of, not buried him, but no, he was like, right. oh, you're totally not getting another him. shot, you're not getting another shot, I'm the man. And I was kind of like, you could have said something like, you know, you took me to my limit, but that's the last one you're going to get. Because, yeah. you know, you could still tell him he's not getting another shot without making him out to be a fucking idiot. After, after, after the last bell, there was, a length, where there was a lengthy amount of stalling. Yeah. Then an interview with Flair that lasted possibly two minutes. It was a long yeah. interview. And he was saying the same thing over. Then over. another six minutes of of nothing. Just Tony Schiavone talking and then Bob Coddle and Jim Ross talking. Yeah, it and it was and they were telling us nothing. They were like, the belts have changed hands and all that. If I had paid my $40 in 1988 for the pay-per-view, I would have known that because I would have watched all the matches. <laughs> yeah. You know, they weren't really they weren't really telling us anything It was special. like... They watched WWF pay-per-views and saw Hogan celebrating in the ring for 15 minutes to his music after it finished. Mm. And they were like, well, we need to waste a load of time too. What can we mm. do to waste time? Let's talk. You know? <laughs> uh, just a, a quick note on the kind of financial. It drew a 125,000 buy rate, which was 105,000 more than Starcade 87. Remember, Starcade 87 went up against Survivor Series, yeah. so that's why that was bad. But 65,000 less on the previous pay-per-view Great American Bash oh wow yeah so, so maybe that rematch was a big show. draw like. yeah in fairness it's also on the day after Christmas that might yeah. be yeah. that might you know harm it a lot it was previously shown on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving but WF basically took that over with yeah. Survivor Series do you, do you want to know what you were saved from lads you were saved from after this there was a dark match oh, God. after yeah why it was a bunkhouse stampede. Oh, match. for oh, fuck's sake. Oh, right? God. There are, some of the participants were Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldust. Yeah. Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. These are all grand. Dr. Death Steve Williams. Again. Abdullah the Butcher. <laughs> and de- guess who won? The Junkyard Dog. Oh. In a fucking bunkhouse stampede match. Imagine, imagine being in that crowd having watched a bar- 30 minute barn burner between Flair and Luger. And then they're like, "Yeah, here's this match." What? Like, I don't, I don't have a time for it because it was a dark match. There's not a, no time stamp yeah. on it or anything. But there's, holy god, there's no need for a dark match. Like that pay per view was long enough. The crowd and was it was, grand good, it was good enough home. as well. Fucking yeah. right, definitely. And if you're gonna have a dark match, don't have Junkyard Dog winning a well, fucking yeah. bo- the worst match of all time. I'm, the worst wrestler winning the worst match. I'm yeah. guessing the theory is that since Flair is going over in the main event, they want to send the crowd up with a face winning the last yeah. match but like Jesus Christ put Luger over in the main just, just have a two minute squash match at the end or something not a fucking bunkhouse stamp how long ah. was it? I can only imagine how long ah. it had to be in at least 25 minutes I'd say it was like in the 20 minute range yeah. I fucking Holy hate God. that bunkhouse stampede so much right so that brings both Starcade 88 true grit but to an end but oh sorry but but, but. Yes. one important point to add about yeah. that main event uh, two mullets two mullets oh to the so the 13 13 of them let's, let's just make sure that that's 13 yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah so Starcade 88 true grit that was a good pay-per-view I thought solid it was, pay-per-view yeah. yeah 
probably the 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 best NWA pay per view we watched so far. Yeah, I think I would. Actually, I, I would agree. Mile, I'd say. Like, I would agree. Know. But it also brings to a close the year of nineteen eighty eight. I personally thought it was a bit of a lackluster year. Savage won the title. Yeah, that was good. That was about it. There was a, there was the Bunkhouse Stampede pay per view opened the year, so that was yeah, shit. Yeah, bad start, bad start. I'd say this was probably the best pay per view of the year. Yeah. Starcade uh, Warrior uh, won the Internet Continental title. The Internet Continental. <laughs> Intercontinental title. That was a highlight of the year. Yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus, but not a lot not else. Happened not a, not not much happened. Just a few things like this is just from the wrestling. So people who read the wrestling observer, they'd well, they wouldn't email in nineteen eighty eight. They'd ring or they'd write. So like Jim Cornette won best on interviews, Sting won most improved, that sort yeah. of thing. Midnight Express won best tag team, but this one is interesting. This person, and this is voted for by the readers, won most overrated, most obnoxious, and readers' least favorite wrestler. Can you guess? Can you guess? Who'd you say? I wanted to be the junkyard dog, right? Yeah. But most um, obnoxious, most overrated, and readers' least favorite wrestler. Any guesses, lads? Can you can you give us a hint? Is it WWF or NWA? It's NWA. Because I think like a lot of people might have thought Hogan, but no, yeah, well, yeah it's Hogan NWA. Was, that, was definitely oh shit! It's not Dusty Rhodes, is it? It's Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, and I, Honestly, kind of agree. I agree. I yeah, completely yeah. agree. Because I always had that. You know, people always go on about Dusty Rhodes, and he recently passed within the last year. You know, and they give him all, and he's he has some unreal promos. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, great. But the matches we've seen him in have been like, what? Like, Muff. that one with Barry Windham was atrocious. The Bunkhouse Stampede was a disaster. At the same time, Dusty Rhodes' peak was in the 70s. We're seeing him past his I know, peak but that's why he's like, been made, he's the most overrated. Yeah, yeah. But he's obviously booking himself to be pushed. He's, and it's I not, think it's like, he's one of those older guys who's wrestling a style that's not keeping up with what the current trend is and yeah. he's still working the match that worked 10 years ago and it doesn't, doesn't work, work anymore, anymore. no yeah. it doesn't so that's but he make... also makes what appears to be zero effort in terms of appearance yeah mm. you know yeah. and of course I'm not asking him to old. look like Luger but no, I mean yeah mm. you know and that wouldn't fucking fly today like I mean Bam Bam Bigelow probably has a belly, but he at least wears the attire that makes him look. And that fucker con- can move as well. Oh, like, Jesus you know, Christ, he yeah. He can speed. throw a drop kick. Yeah, exactly. You know, he can get up to six foot and, six like, and drop you in the face. You know, he's yeah. pretty fucking high-flying as well. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, so. But at the same time, Dusty Rhodes promos make up for Like, the promo the that promo they the put in the opening package was good. Yeah, it was, it no, was no. The, he didn't win, he didn't win worst on interviews. Dr. Death did, remember. So that's okay. Yeah. But yeah. So we want like Reader's least favourite wrestler like oh, that's kind of mad. Yeah. Because mine would have been the fucking Junkyard Dog. Yeah. But, th- but this was his first that uh, clash of things um, was the first appearance for JYD right? Uh, I don't know if he was there in the kind of early 80s like you know well uh, it would like he might have been in mid and... mid-Atlantic when it was like you know but even before Starcade came yeah, around and all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff but it's his first basically since they're doing since there's two big titans in wrestling and the territories are gone that's his forced NWA appearance yeah, yeah. fair enough are we going to best and worst or? best and worst best match of the night for me I'm gonna go with Rick Steiner versus Mike Rotunda good show thought it was just a good match like the main event was really fun. good but like it went on a long time and don't get me wrong I think that was still great but I really just they went on for like 17-18 minutes they brawled they grappled they worked the crowd the finish was really unique yeah. in a way like especially for that time and 
the finish with the two refs counting at the same time and the crowd shitting their pants yeah, when Rick Steiner yeah. won and him going crazy. That really did it for me. Worst match of the night. Come on. Russian Assassins yeah, versus Chow yeah, 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 yeah. It was garbage. It was atrocious. It was shit. It was terrible. Bad. It was terrible. It was bad. It was every single. It was poo poo. Wasn't good. Every adjective you can think of for not good, basically, it was that match. And yeah, nothing else to really say on that one. Best match for me. And um, this is it's actually quite a difficult show to pick the best match from. I yeah, think some good matches because there's like maybe three or four. With, of the matches out of a seven match card that, that ma- or a seven match it. card yeah yeah it was pretty good but I'm gonna give it to the Midnight Express versus the Midnight Express oh cool yeah because I re- that was probably the match that I enjoyed watching the most right like with Jim Cornette and Polly Dangerously like the dynamics between those two and when the kind of when Sweet Stan and Bobby Eaton were getting the offensive I, like I was cheer- I was yeah really, you were rooting really for them yeah I know what and, you mean. now I don't know whether it was the old uh, Midnight Express when they got the advantage, whether it was because they were heels that I was rooting for them to be shit or to, 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 to lose get the it, shit kicked out of them, yeah, yeah. Or whether it was just because they were shit in general, because yeah. I, I wasn't impressed by them. They weren't too shit, though. No, they weren't too shit, but physically they, they weren't. They, yeah, 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 they it, looked it's, bad. It's, it's, it's physically, they looked terrible and they just looked real frail, as if like they didn't look like wrestlers. Another example of oh yeah, like we said earlier on, yeah. Carney folk. Yeah, they are. Yes, yeah, and they're like really, really, really entertaining match. So that's that's my pick for uh, match of the night, and it kind of goes without saying. I think it's a foregone conclusion. The it worst is. match of the night is the tag match, the Russian assassins and JYD and Koloff. Yeah, yeah. Despite what I said earlier about the claw, Mike Rotunda and Rick Steiner, like, hold on, what that, the claw has nothing to do with that match. Sorry, <laughs> got a bit confused there. Yeah. No, uh, Mike Rotunda and G- and Rick, Rick Steiner. Steiner. Yes. No wait, I did like the Barry Windham match as well. Shit. No, so no I'm sticking with. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. You were like, despite what I said about the claw, a completely different match was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a valid point. Yeah. I did like the match with the claw, even though the claw was shit. But no, I am going. I'm sticking with Rick Steiner. See, the thing about that match is, the match itself. Yeah. It doesn't stick out for me that much. It's just the ending and the crowd the reaction. The ending is fantastic, isn't it? It's it, so it's good. like yeah. that's what I'll remember from this pay per view. Yeah. That's what I'm going to take away from, it. and that's why it's the match of the night for me because, like that crowd reaction for Rick Steiner, it's it's almost like Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. Like it's a genuine just happiness that this yeah, chap yeah. is finally getting his shoes and yeah. he's like he's going over and everyone's and delighted yeah they are yeah and uh, yeah I don't know just that was that's why I, don't, I can't remember it was really it was a it was an uplifting moment yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good yeah. when he was doing the laps around the ring like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you go Rick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his interview afterwards oh yeah he did it for Beautiful. his Malik. <laughs> it's great nice guy yeah. I like him and worst match do I need to say no Yes. Well, <laughs> well, I thought personally uh, that uh, the Russian assassins were a bit shit. Mm. JYD was shit, oh. and fuck off should fuck off. Mm. So fuck that off was the senior. worst match. <laughs> you see the uncle of fuck off junior. Or what's In the relationship? Yeah, yeah. In oh, really? Yeah. They should oh, all fuck off. They should all yeah. just fuck well, off. Well, fuck off has fucked off because Russia. his wife's ill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Poor fuck off. Same. But even fuck off can fuck off. That that match was just. It was. Terrible. It was the. It was the pits, wasn't it? It was the yeah. absolute pits. As Even they say. Teddy Long's performance was awful, and I like our Teddy. Our Teddy, right? That's Starcade brought to a close. It's 1988 brought to a close. Yeah. So we're looking into a new year, the last year of the decade, and we will be starting it 
with Royal Rumble 89. Oh, Woo! shit! Excellent. And first Royal Rumble. A first Royal Rumble, yeah. which means... It being a Royal Rumble means serious mull accounts could be broken. Yeah. Oh. Oh. We should definitely incorporate some sort of drinking game into the Royal Rumble. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Every so time there's a mullet. If you, yeah. every time, oh jeez, every time there's a mullet. Every time there's a person. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if you like stuff that we do, follow iTunes. Uh, if you could leave a rating and a review even Please. that would help us in the algorithm I believe is what they call it so we'll actually be seen by people yeah we have a Facebook page facebook.com slash BGA podcast we're on the old tweet tweet machine at BGA wrestling pod at BGA wrestling pod we put up I think we actually put up the video of that stupid uh, interview with John Ayers and other malarkey Instagram, oh, yeah, Instagram. Almighty is the name of it on Instagram we put up a few photos of the odd time the ha- you know hashtags whatever the kids are into these days <laughs> hashtag good crack hashtag can't lovely can't oh sorry hashtag <laughs> lovely can't or if you're an asshole hashtag lovely hashtag can't instead of making it one hashtag oh, don't be controversial oh right? that'd be bad anyway here we are now All the so lads. that's good boy from me and see you later see you later What's it? what was it name? dreamboat oh uh, lover boy lover boy <laughs> <laughs> Good boy from the lover boy and good boy from Dave. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. See you later. Bye. Thank you.